And we're back again uh, for the quirky news stories. And again, once again, we're joined by Brian Smith. Go, Brian. G'day, David. Uh, Brian, you saw those old films, the New South Wales Road Authority, the RMS. They've just released more of their historic films on road safety. Now, the thing about them is they use some common scenarios to make their point, although they seem to involve some rather dangerous stunts, I would have thought. Uh, you've watched this, Brian, and it's got people crossing the road and, and walking and all that. Uh, did you find them convincing road safety messages? They're pretty outdated, but uh, I have to say a couple of them interested me a lot. The first was the the idea of teaching people to use marked pedestrian crossings, and these were, I think, a new concept around the time these were introduced in the late 50s, early 60s. Um, And I have to say the very first demonstration that they gave of some people stepping onto that marked crossing with a car stopping as they are required to do, that car was coming in at about 60 (laughs) kilometres an hour and really had to haul on the anchors, I thought to myself, they're surely actors, you know. <laughs> this is not live in the field. They've they've organised this and decided that this is a safe thing to do. Later on, there's a uh, there's one of those sort of drive steadily and safely kind of ads where uh, which involves a, a kind of a hairstyle, um, and not something on your head, but the style of the hair versus the tortoise, um, who, who sort of dives in and out of traffic and overtakes. Now, some of those overtaking moves in this video with ancient old cars with drum brakes and no seatbelts, no safety stuff, were frightening. Mm. Cars making very, very close manoeuvres at what looks like about 60 miles an hour. So <laughs> I was... I was stunned by them. But I have to say my favourite was the gentleman receiving a parcel in the mail, the mailbox, and uh, he he sort of says to himself, hmm, this is this booklet that the Commissioner for the for Red Safety suggested I read. <laughs> he must have bumped into him at the shops. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a copy of the latest road guide. You'll find it fascinating. He, he sent in a coupon from the Reader's Digest. <laughs> But the thing about it is, it, I think it says more about the times than it does about road safety. One of them was an old codger abusing a woman for crossing at a location that didn't have a zebra crossing. I know. And he's using and the car to threaten her. And she's yes. standing there and he's sort of jiggling the car as if to say, oh, yeah. And she's standing there in that, what, that glorious sort of pose with the hand sort of up near her throat. He pushes her back onto the footpath. Yeah. I see. The, the other one was the guy who collected the parcel was, of course, watering the garden in his collared shirt and tie and <laughs> tailored tie. trousers. And his colleague and next door, neighbour <laughs> comes up in a collared shirt and tie. He's been doing a bit of gardening. <laughs> well, the other main one, of course, was that they had an interesting scenario of that really weird rule of give wave to the right that even if you're on a three-lane major road and a car came out from paramount road yeah from the smaller side street they would uh, still have to give way to it if it was if that side street the car was coming on your right Uh, it looked uh, again the acting of it or the playing out of it needed good stunt drivers, I think, rather than necessarily anyone off the street. Yeah, they used like a platoon of, what, F.B. Holden zooming along and 
and yeah, another car just basically storms its way out of the side street, and the car that successfully stops it is praised for um, the driver is praised for complying with this new road rule. Nearly collects another sort of two-ton car up the up the bumper. Don't, <laughs> you've got to see it. You've got to see it to believe it. Yeah. Uh, don't you just love the old cars in it though? Austin Healey Sprite. Oh. Bogolide Sprite and, and wonderful old cars. There's some lovely cars. I saw it and said, I think that's my old Prefect, which, of course, was an old Ford oh, at yes. the time. Hmm. The Ford Prefect. Now, talking uh, not about old cars, but new cars, and Mercedes-Benz have brought out a concept, the X-Class, and it is, in fact, a ute. Brian, I, I think the world has changed and the whole idea of a ute is thrown out the door with this particular vehicle. I think to some degree the ute became a bit emasculated when the family sort of references to taking the kids to the beach and that in the Hilux sort of took away from that original plan of it being the working vehicle to being the sort of multifunctional vehicle. And now they've added another dimension, the luxury one. Would you use it in a rough-and-tumble situation, Brian? Does, would you throw a bale of hay in the back of it? Well, I don't know that you can get it out again. It doesn't seem to have, uh, or, or it's very difficult to see how the hatch works at the rear. David, I, I, people talk about whether we are living in a simulation. Some people believe that it's, it's not real and that we're living in a simulation that somebody is running. And every now and then there are glitches in the simulation, like when, for example, at the Oscars, the wrong film is awarded best film. Some people say, yes, that's a glitch. When I look at this car, I'm even more convinced we may well be living in a simulation where the objective is to throw the most amazing things at us and see how we respond. So the X-Class is the Donald Trump sort of thing, you know, of let's make this guy president, see what happens. Now let's switch another little button, torment these folk and, and provide a a macho green, yellow Mercedes ute and see what happens with big knobbly tires. What is the world coming to David? You think it's the Truman show, do you? Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced I'm being observed and ritually humiliated. Actually, you know, there's a very good point there that I was listening to a thing on the inattention and the person brought it right back to the point that everything is so rushed now, everything's such a huge bombardment of information that we've turned everything into a flight or fight type of reaction. And Mm. so this is like throwing in something new purely for entertainment purposes to test and provoke a flight or fight reaction. That it is the whole principle of shock, you know, shock jock radio. It's the whole principle of of politics now is that it's nothing to do with truth or, or even progression or getting better. It is purely the entertainment value of provoking someone in a stand-up fight-or-flight situation. So, so it's a shock thing. Mm. I mean, does Mercedes-Benz look at their lineup and go, what are we missing in here? Okay, we've got, we haven't got a ute, a crew cab, like a crew cab ute that someone's going to use on a work site. We don't have a people mover, you know, like a, like a minibus. So do, they, do they do this? Do they sort of look at it well, and go, you know, here's a segment that 
we clearly need to be in the middle of. Yeah, they actually do have a sort of people mover sort of one, but um, they've done it more like... Like a combi, I'm thinking of, you know. A, well, I well, guess they well, do, camper. don't they? Do you want yes. something... Mm. Uh, a camper, combi, you want something with a little gas stove in it. Hmm. Now, but how would you be if, I mean, among other things, are you going to get this thing repaired in the bush? I don't see it yes. happening. Yeah. No, it's never going to be in the bush. Developers, like, you know, wealthy developers will get these things the same way that American movie stars got Humvees around yes. the time of the Gulf War to, to provide, I guess, provoke their workforce and provide some sort of weird shock value. It's the sort of thing perhaps you see Andrew Forrest wearing high-vis gear, perhaps this is what he'll get into, <laughs> you know, with a sort of a faux connection with the workforce. Can you imagine being in a bush pub and telling your mates you've just bought a new uh, ute and, in fact, you sort of uh, repeat the public relations stuff they've written, which comes under the heading pure emotion and modern beauty, dynamism. <laughs> An elegance define the appearance of the concept X-Class, stylish explorer, and make it the perfect companion in urban areas. That's interesting. The elegant white metallic paint finish ensures visual appeal. The athletic design leads the stylish explorer both an expressive and dynamic appearance. Highlights such as the classic SUV front, the broad wheel housing, and the 22-inch light alloy wheels. 22-inch! That, that, that'll go over a gutter, won't it? Ultra-low-profile ultra low tyres. And certainly leather seats, David. You want to make sure you take the tape measure out of your back pocket before you, you get in, I suppose. But this is where the tradie drop pulls up and you say, no thanks, mate, I've, uh, I've changed my mind. Uh, sorry, you said leather. Don't you mean the new buck? Leather like with white yeah. Nappa leather. Nappa uh, leather. Yeah, are stylishly played off against each other in the interior. I don't want to undersell it in any way, bro. No, no. The brickies, the brickies will be fascinated by that sort of discussion. Yes. <laughs> now, Brian, do you want your car to talk to you and perhaps with sage advice and helpful information? I don't want any communication from the car other than something horrible is going on. Like, I, I'm very concerned when I get into a bus or a train which has a radio going or from standing on a, a train platform where one of those billboards is playing the news or ads. Yes, so yes. I'm not sure I want I want them to listen to me. Um, I just want them to get me where I'm going the same way that I don't want to talk to a dentist or a hairdresser. Yes. What's well, One of the oldest jokes in the world, a guy sits down to a barber and the barber says, how do you want it? And the guy says, in silence. <laughs> Now, Ford wants self-driving cars in the future to be better listeners and observers. Now, Brian, you go back to this. I may have mentioned this before. When you and I you know, were, were younger, a new toy that might have spoke had, had, like in The Simpsons, you pull the cord at the back and it would repeat one of five messages. Hello, how are you today? Hello, my name is Krusty the Clown or something like that. Uh, then they brought in things where you had a toy dog which would wag its tail if you spoke to it. Now they brought in a Barbie doll which is linked to the internet and so can have a conversation. And so you can come back and say, 
Uh, how are you today? Not bad. What are you studying today? I did some physics. Or oh, do you know there are a lot of jobs for physicists and in, in this area? So the Barbie doll becomes a person that can converse. A friend and confidant. Yeah. Mind you, of course, if the CIA know about it, they'll be recording your answers, which hmm. uh, might be... Uh, Monitoring. Yeah, monitoring it along the way. Well, now, talk about doing it in the car. Uh, Not only will it be able to listen, but it will also be able to observe. So your head is nodding a bit. Uh, Now, that sounds like a good road safety thing. That's a good one, as long as it does it in silence. I don't (laughs) want it to sort of say, him, him, or speak to me. It just, you know, maybe shut down or, or raise the... I don't know, the, turn the fan up or something like this or prevent me from driving. But I don't want to have, it, it says here, they want to give the driver a more rich interaction with the voice commands of the vehicle. And they're talking here about, I guess, more than the nodding off thing, but someone saying I'm hungry or, I'm, or I need coffee and the car then, I guess, yeah, going, okay, I'll take you to a drive through food place. Like, I, David, I can talk to my phone now. I, I can, I have commands, those voice commands that work on my phone. Do you think I use them? No, I do not, because I don't want to be the person who's talking to their phone. Can you dial in like you can with the performance level? Can you dial in the nature of the response that you want? So, for example, if you say, I feel like a coffee, can you get the sort of nagging thing of, or what about the next one? No, it doesn't look too good. Oh, you've mixed the turn off, all that sort of thing. Or... Oh, like a snarky one as well. Yeah, snarky. You know, I'm hungry, and they say, "Surely you've had enough." Or, yeah. you know, you look like you could probably take lose a few pounds. Do you need that other donut, really? Oh, but well, the grandmother one would be. Look, why don't you stop and have a cup of tea, maybe? But then you could get almost the headmaster or the sadomasochist sort of one. You know, you got very angry with that driver. Actually, you were in the wrong. <laughs> yes. Look, I guess for anyone at our age, David, the the idea of conversing with your car brings up sort of 2001 A Space Odyssey mm. uh, visions of uh, HAL 9000, the computer that, that prevents Dave from getting back inside the, the spaceship. So, I'm, again, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced I want to have a relationship with a vehicle. No, the idea of talking to Siri... And feeling like it's something personable, I think, is a little weird. And, I mean, you know, you could get the, the, the thing. What? How's it going to react to it? Ah, I see you're rolling your eyes a lot. Stop listening to talkback radio. Yeah, or if you're having a conversation with a friend, you don't want the thing eavesdropping. Ah. You know, every now and then the car would, might say, ooh, I know, something yeah. like that. <laughs> you say something to the person in the car beside you and the car says, oh, I wouldn't have said that. <laughs> well, hooking you up to the friend you're speaking about now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hang up, hang up. <laughs> or the other thing is it might sort of take on that sort of new age pseudo psychology. Uh, it, might, it might read your palms as you're holding onto the steering wheel. Uh, or you know, sense your aura. Or your aura, or your star sign. It might sort of give you information according to that. uh, Actually, there's a serious side there that if car companies think they can give good information, such as road safety information, it might sound like a good idea to convey that, but it may not produce 
the results that you want. Yes, or expect. Or yes. expect. And it may even produce unintended consequences. Well, what if the cars take on the personality of their owners? Uh, that, that, then it says, I think you've got the right to get out and hit him. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> That's right. Your car becomes aggressive. So like that old fellow in the, <laughs> in the road safety ad, you know, you, your car you know, doesn't want to stop at traffic signals perhaps or pedestrian crossings. Oh, I'll get through. No one will notice. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Out of the way. Toot, toot. <laughs> Brian Style, you have a question, uh, a story about the elegance or lack thereof in certain vehicles. Well, Formula One cars, David, they used to be beautiful engineering marbles that also had wonderful swooping lines. You know, you go back to the 1967 sort of Formula One series, the Lotus, the Coopers, the Ferrari, beautiful cars, open wheelers. And and I guess looks of Formula One cars are, are, have changed a little bit over the years. Uh, I remember all cars with sort of multiple front wheels and massive fans on the back to suck them to the road. Well, the latest uh, 2017 Formula One cars have um, have changed their looks a little bit. They've they're sort of lower and wider, and they've got bigger tyres on them, which I think most people like. And um, I think people are concerned about the noses and and whether they look ugly. They have quite most of them seem to have very extended noses, and uh, uh, some of them are quite quite skinny, look like uh, something like an anteater. Others um, kind of look very tall and have sort of vents in them and look possibly like something's broken off them. David, are you are you the sort of person who gets worked up by strange sort of design decisions on Formula One cars? Oh, absolutely. And now the thing about the front noses of them is that they now have multiple wings. And so they've started to look like an over-the-top disposable razor at the <laughs> front. <laughs> the first wing cuts the wind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The second, the second wing has a lubricated strip. <laughs> Ease it on its way. <laughs> and the sixth wing, that's just along for the ride. <laughs> just to say you're better than anyone else. The McLaren. And, and, and they make them look really bulky. It's almost, uh, to some degree, it looks almost like feathers. You know, the sort of layer of feathers uh, going up there. But I... I, I it started back around 2014 where they had horrible noses that just protruded out the front. I think it was just to achieve the required length of the car. Yeah. It looked yeah. like a, a, what is it, a proboscis monkey, you know, that sort of <laughs> yes. n- nose that went out the front. And now these things now starting to look like wacky races, to my mind, because they have this big lumpy thing on the front. Now, the wing on the back is lower, a little wider, but it's lower. And so you sort of have almost this SUV look where the back is sort of tailing out, if you pardon the pun, but the front is that big sort of square aggressive well it's a little bit like a, a hay catcher too isn't it uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's, it's done that. I, some of the ugliest noses i i think there should be uh you get points for aesthetics that's what i think you should do. oh okay that's interesting what would some of the leadership of formula one do if you if you started applying aesthetics to them, Mr. Eccleston, for example. Now on the way to, out, of course. You have to mark him down for his haircut. 
Yes. Of course, you referred back to an earlier version of the Ferrari, which had a front nose on it that looked like the air intake from an F-18 fighter. You know, that big square thing. Or way back, I think around the 2014, there was the Lotus with a double proboscis nose sort of up the front. And just as ugly as sin. And I, I... Sorry, I, I totally agree with you. There was an elegance then. This suggests almost like a backyard sort of stuff, doesn't it? Well, the other thing that um, you talk about the McLaren and the Ferrari, the only way I can tell which is which, David, the, I figure the Ferrari is red. Uh, all the rest, um, the only recognisable thing for me is the word Pirelli on their tyres. I, Apart from the um, the sponsor's product, it's very, very hard to tell what they are. At the very front of one of them is a, is an H, which I assume means it's a Honda. But, mm. gee, it's hard to tell by looking at them. Why can't they just write the word on there and just say, you are looking at a Ferrari or a, you know, it just, uh, the sponsor's names are all over the things and that's all I'm Well, saying. actually, there's an interesting thing about the sponsors because now quite a lot of them are running with few sponsors. Now, there's a, a thing about visibility. If you plaster a car with 10 different logos, then everyone gets missed. Some of the early Lotuses were a bit like, not early, as in 2014 or so. And, and so you get missed. Whereas quite often, if you look at a car, if it just has simple writing and simple words, it's not too bad. But a lot of them don't have any. The Haas. Uh, H-A-A-S um, for a long time only had its own name on there that I could see uh, I, I guess they're trying to su- support it with uh, money allocated out particularly from television rights mm. it certainly can't be from winning races because that's purely between Red Bull and the Mercedes team so far yes. I wonder how whether they then move on to they move on to, uh, like, uh, Kickstarters, David. Uh, but that whole thing about advertising on the side is uh, for another day and another interesting subject. Brian, as always, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, David. That's Brian Smith. And we were talking about the stories that deserve a more weirder look at what they're really trying to say. <laughs>